Welcome, this is the City Business Edition on 97.3 CTFM. I am Ni Lati Lati, and just as you have been told, we are bringing you excerpts of this week's discussions from the Effective Living series right here on 97.3 CTFM. And this week was dedicated to building strong and resilient families. And if you want to do that, how do you go about it and what exactly is needed stay with us because that is what we are coming your way with this morning and thank you for joining us once again dr delali fiagwe set the ball rolling for us this week speaking specifically on building strong relationships and safeguarding mental health in the digital age and dr fiagwe's head department of psychiatry at the university of ghana medical school is also a president of the Psychiatric Association of Ghana. What it is is that anytime you do something that gives you pleasure, the brain wants a repeat and to do whatever you can to get it. So if you're involved in social media and that becomes joy or excitement to the brain, it will do whatever it takes to keep you there. And a lot of these people who are running the programs, the developers, are aware of this. So they make sure you stick, you stick and stay by your phone, by your television, by whatever device, just to make sure they're able to rake in their profits as much as they can. But at the same time, it has that telling impact on you, the one who is viewing, the one who is typing, the one who is watching, all that eventually takes a toll on you because when you have to spend time with family, when you have to spend time doing something profitable, you realize that you are being drawn towards your phone, you are being drawn towards the telly, you are being drawn towards anything on social media. Right. So that is one of the big things that happens when um, um, you, you stick and stay with social media for a prolonged period of time. And, you know, this has ramifications for job, it has ramifications for relationships, it has ramifications for your personal development. Because if you are spending all the time there, then of course, your occupational dysfunction is going to be glaring for all to see, you know, your re- the way you relate with people. Right. Even when you are talking to people, you are behind your phone <laughs> trying to like somebody, trying to, you know, do something on the, on, the, on the phone. So that's one big area that I think that we need to be mindful of right. as um, we, we, we enjoy our social media and do everything that, that we want. Um, there's also a lot that has got to do with our persona, who we think we are, identity crisis. Sometimes you go, you post something and nobody nobody likes <laughs> nobody it. likes you. Nobody comments. Nobody comments and it reflects <laughs> on you like am I am I that bad? Mm. <laughs> you know. <laughs> and if this goes on for a very long time, you can actually get depressed. Mm. Okay, because nobody is validating you. You don't feel important, you know. You do it for others and there's no reciproc- uh, reciprocity from the, from the rest. Mm. So this can also one way or the other affect your mental states. You know, you might feel sad. Um, and if you have these two devils, the addiction and the sadness. the sadness or the depression, then you are in for trouble because you'll be hooked on and each time you go there you have those negative feedback. And that makes you feel down, you feel sad and depression on its own okay. can actually prevent you from being progressive in life. Okay. So these are very two important things that I think that um, our viewers should be mindful of as they, 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 they they interact with internet, they do um, whatever they want to do on social media, liking people, responding to calls and all that. Um, there's also um, some 
think that has got to do with um, people's um, understanding about what the social media, you know, does to them. Okay. You know, um, the the social media space is a very broad area, and people tend to take advantage of others. Right. Okay. So maybe this will dovetail into this cyber bullying okay. aspects. Yeah. Um, we did we did some research recently that that found that there are some people who are actually on the brink of depression because of the bullying. Yeah. Um, that was one of my students who did that and it was, it was quite exciting to know that it's not something that we can sweep under the carpet right. anymore. Yeah, it, we, it needs to be bring to, brought to the fore and we need policy to be able to, you know, control these um, damages that happen to people, especially for young, youngsters. My question to you, Doc, then is how do we safeguard these spaces, these digital spaces, and make it safe enough for the members of our families so that they are not encountering things that will lead them to the extremes of depression and suicide and the like? Yeah, I think that's a very, very important question. Um, I think like I indicated earlier, we need to do a lot more education. So the first thing is to know what the digital stresses are for these spaces, not just kids, but across the spectrum, the life cycle. So the, the stresses are glaring, I mean, having to be online, chatting with people, and sometimes at the peril of your wife, your family, oh. that, that goes a long way to affect, you know, relationships. The next thing to think about is what we call digital detox. Okay. So you, if it gets to the point where it becomes difficult for those individuals, you know, to wean themselves off the, the cyberspace, there are a few things which can be done. I mean, there are some professional help that might be available. But on the low, you can also start drawing up schedules for yourself. So you tell yourself, if I wake up first in the morning, I'm not going to touch my phone. Okay, so you are detoxing yourself. You are trying to take, take literally, control. yes, take, take control, control and then get those things out of your system. Okay, so digital detox is a very important one. So you tell yourself that. You know, at lunchtime when I'm having lunch with my wife, with my colleagues at work, no phones. Mm. Okay, so in the evening you time yourself by 8.30, this is what I want to do. I don't want to have anything to do with phones anymore. So these are strategies that you can put in place. Okay, you should also be able to design boundaries for yourself in terms of the context that you expose yourself to as an individual. So. Um, if you think that, you know, particular website or particular friends on Facebook are um, dangerous to you or put you in a precarious state, nothing stops you from, you know, unfriend, um, unfriending or Just like how you cut people off in exactly, real life. Exactly, in real life, <laughs> you know. <laughs> so, um, and especially for our kids, they may not be able to do that. So we, the adults, should be observant okay. and see when their affect or their face or their ex emotional expressions change when they are using these because when let's say they are viewing a footage on youtube youtube has a lot of adverts yes okay so and these adverts could be child friendly or not so when they they push that advert across they you should sensitize the child that this is not good for you this was is dangerous to your health and then probably ask them i think the most important is to train the children okay so the children need to have the sensation that these information that is being 
peddled online is not good for me. I need to get it out. If that doesn't work, then the adults also come in to validate, you know, or to, to help them identify those footages which are not correct and take them out. Okay. So I, I believe that when we do some of these things, you know, we should be able to. And also, we need to follow the children's academic performance, mm. okay, because mm. if your child is not doing well, it's not, it's not always the teacher or it's not always the classmates. It's the exposure that they are having online. Because when you take some content, and like, as I mentioned earlier on, there's an, a dopamine rush in the brain, and it attracts you. Even when you're at class and teacher is teaching, you're always getting that positive, we call positive reinforcement from that footage that you watched. So just like how going to play football with your friends or going to play ampe back in the day with your friends will give you a rush of excitement. Exactly. Now, going to certain digital spaces, spaces. websites, social media sites, gives you that give kind you that of, rush. of high. Yes, and, and there's nothing that the teacher would teach that will match <laughs> that high. So even though they're in a class and they're seemingly paying attention, technically, nothing is going in. Our next guest uh, for this week was Leticia Ohinefa, co-founder Leader Freak International. Her topic uh, centered on how to build not only emotionally but also psychologically healthy families. Interesting, right? Let's listen to her. Um, Mario Puzo is an American novelist who talks about the fact that the strength of a family is like the strength of an army. Mm. And that um, it lies, the strength lies in the loyalty of each other. So there's got to be a certain level of cultivation, okay. some deliberate cultivation of that healthy family. It doesn't just happen. So we need to start from there. And as we have an opportunity to start the year afresh, we've all reset. Hopefully everybody has had a little bit of a break and been able to reflect on 2023 coming into 20, to leverage to come into 2022. It's a good time to resolve and set a goal around cultivating a healthy, emotionally, psychologically healthy family. And what does that mean? So um, I think on farm life, you mentioned farm life earlier, Michael Mensah talks about a friend or someone who he knows who supposedly uses too much fragrance on their body. And why? Because growing up, his auntie, he kept hearing his auntie tell him that he has an odor. And therefore, for him to resolve that order, mm. he has replaced it, if you will, with bathing with in bath, fragrance, yes. which is also offensive to other people. Mm. But he doesn't even realize that. If you work with him from a psychological perspective, you realize that even that behavior is not restricted to the sense. Mm -hmm. It transcends how he relates with his home, with his children, mm. everything. Mm. Because there's a bit of a sense of rejection. There's a bit of a... Um, I, I'm alone in this, mm. I don't, I'm not good enough. So there are all these belief systems that he has basically accepted, if you will, and therefore using. So let's turn our psychology, our attention to, for example, some of the things we do, and that's one of them. Mm. So the words we use mm. are one of the things that we do. The management of things that happen at home. Mm. I think that the weak... Um, before this is going to look at a lot of mindset issues etc so where people do not understand something if they should listen to that it should give them some context and feedback but management of simple things a deformity mm. a deformity could be anything it could be 
your eye looking different, mm. the way you walk looking different. Perhaps you had to wear braces mm. growing up and therefore it has formed some level of deformity in you. Um, a violent attack. We had an incident where somebody broke into our house. Mm. They couldn't enter the house, but for the life of me, each time my body wakes up at the very time I felt there was a presence on the compound. And it's been over two years. So sorry. So these things have a way of causing some of these emotional and psychological trauma without us even recognizing or realizing it. So something, something a child may have gone through this. How did you as a parent get them help? Mm. How did you get yourself help? You have people who got, I think, um, interpretation of things that could have happened in the family. I talked about somebody lives in a crime-ridden environment or neighborhood. So they are consistently on edge. They cannot walk on the streets. These are children playing. Yeah. So they're playing even within the confines of a gate, a walled house, and they are still afraid. So you've heightened their sense of anxiety. Yeah. That in itself is causing a bit of a disturbance in the home front. How are you going to deal with that? You have um, things like somebody went through surgery mm. that's a major one because it's you almost feel as if you've been robbed of your um your the sense of who you are like an infiltration an intrusion really it's like a female attending the gynae for the first <laughs> time there's a sense of um it's not an easy thing no, you not. really feel that you've been invaded and especially now, depending on the kind of surgery thank you so, you know if, if you've had a certain critical body part removed, for example, your, your uterus or something like that. And, you know, that's part of the essence of womanhood. Exactly. Biologically exactly. speaking, physiologically speaking. You know, if it's a gentleman who's dealing with a, a cancer-related, prostate cancer-related surgery, there's all that. Yeah. Sometimes, like you're called, there are simple things, mm -hmm. like even wearing the, tooth, the teeth braces. Yeah. You know, today, some of our children wear it just because... Um, they want to wear it's it fashionable. their friends are wearing them. <laughs> so there's a fashion sense to it. However, there are some also who are not wearing it as a, just because of a fashion statement. But for them, there's a challenge. And that has caused them to withdraw True. into isolation. That is a problem. Mm -hmm. That will affect them emotionally and psychologically. Mm -hmm. How are you, the parent, paying attention to some mm -hmm. of these things? So, and it has um, a rippling effect into the future. A separation from a parent. Mm. And that separation of a parent starts from us going to work, yeah. handing our children over to somebody. How did we say goodbye? Mm. Did we run away when the child wanted to tag along? <laughs> did we tell them a lie? Or did we really reason with them? So that they know that we'll be back because then it forms what we call an attachment theory. Mm. It could be healthy or an unhealthy theory, which transcends into a relationship. So multiple relationships go through what we call either healthy or unhealthy attachment theories. And you need to be aware of that. Sexual abuse. Mm. And it's sometimes one. it's a huge one today. And majority research t says that most of it happens even in our homes. Right. So who are you leaving your children with? What is the environment in that space? Are they aligned with your values, with your vision, how you want to cultivate your children? 
how do you even bring family, which is your into the space of realizing that these are real issues and we need to deal with them? Neglect. Sadly, most of us are neglecting our children today without even realizing it. Mm. So we're going to work. We're getting them every um, material thing they need. All the gadgets, but internet on your tablet, everything. Apirka, we go to schools where children hug you and they don't want to let go. Yeah because they haven't been hacked. Some will tell you that, oh, I intentionally threw my iPhone, and this is the latest iPhone, mm -hmm. to the car, just to break the windscreen or something. And mommy just turned around and put me another one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All they wanted was attention. attention. So we're neglecting our children, but what does that do? That's a sense of rejection, right? So that spirit of orphan will transition if they don't get the support they need mm. into multiple things that child could possibly be perpetually angry or would numb themselves so they don't feel but if you don't feel how would you work through your emotions you have to be able to feel mm. in order for you to understand what you're going through and work through it self-regulation is important as part of building emotional and psychological healthy home okay. the shame the self-blame there's guilt that comes along with it. As for anxiety, we've talked about it several times. There are people in schools who cannot concentrate. Mm. And we keep getting them teachers upon teachers upon teachers. There's something going on at home that they haven't been able to express, which is why I talked about somebody being able to fully, fully express, express without feeling that they would be battered, insulted, mm. shamed. They need to be able to express fully. What is it? It may be nothing to you, but it's important to that person, so don't dismiss it. So then, what are some of the causes in adulthood? Even for some children, it can cause insomnia. Mm. So some of us are not sleeping, not necessarily because um, it's just our pattern, our regular biological pattern. It's just because we've gone through some emotional disturbances that is causing us to not be able to sleep. Some of us are perpetually tired. What's causing that tiredness? The psychologist will tell you that it's, it has really, it's important if you can see a therapy, mm. a therapist, if there's one that you can afford, it helps. Otherwise, you're likely to be taking medicine throughout your life. Right. So yeah. let, let me ask this question. So in building emotionally and psychologically healthy families, you've just touched on this, but how important is therapy? I think generally as Ghanaians, we, don't, we think that it's a taboo to see right. a therapist or a psychologist. Right. I don't think so at all. Mm. I think the reverse is true. If mm. you really want to be healthy in every, and then succeed in every area of your life, they come in handy. Mm. They're helpful. Um, it's not just the past that. You need somebody who has the tools and tactics to be able to help you unravel that which you're going through so the faith is one thing yes uh, you know but it's, then it's helpful but also, it's not right. the be it and mm. the end of all of it the therapy is important therapist is important i think just getting help mm. you can even have somebody that who just listens to you um who is able to again allow you to express because that's what the therapists do right. but they also have the tools to lead you to what should be mm. and what you want to be so it's important that every now and then if you can see one if you can afford one it's it's helpful okay. because they help you to understand 
how your temperament is working with your the innate versus the mm. learned versus mm. so it's important to have some of these conversations Amos Kevin Annan joined us on Wednesday for another insightful round of conversation and Amos is uh, the chief executive officer of Hearts and Hearts Foundation he took us through fostering healthier and meaningful relationships well, I mean, the concept of something being meaningful is the value proposition they bring on board. Right. So, what... Hey, now the business terms are coming. Exactly. In. I mean, it's the same thing. It's the same yeah. human beings who run businesses. Right. So, you come with a value proposition. Absolutely. If you don't have any value proposition, I don't see the essence of retaining you within my space. Because apart from the trust that makes your heart feel safe mm. and healthier, there is also the worthiness of what you're doing oh. what's the worth what's what's the weight that it brings you know because it ought to be worth your while it has to be meaningful absolutely if it doesn't have that capacity to produce what is worthy then you don't go close oh. and so there are so many invitations to all kinds of relationships and engagements that i won't spend my time on because the value proposition is just not there. Mm, mm, <laughs> you know? mm, mm. And, and every one of us must sit back and ask ourselves, what is the added value this individual brings into the space for friendship, for relationship, for marriage, for whatever? If they don't bring any, then you've got to be careful. Absolutely. So let's, let's, let's delve into this a little more deeply. Yeah. You must, so the relationship must be worth your time. Yeah. It must be worthy mm -hmm. of your engagement, yeah. right? These days, we've sort of, in many parts of our society, many conversations around relationships, limited the worth of a relationship, especially when it comes to romantic relationships, mm -hmm. to money and anything that has to do with some kind of currency. Yeah. You know? So I really want us to break it down. Yeah. What does it mean when we say a relationship should be worth it because some yeah. some relationships come with money yeah. but they may not come with anything else yeah. that you need to yeah. bring value to you the kind of value mm. that you've spoken about i mean for any relationship to be worth your while or your time or your space or your friendship or your relationship or marriage one of the things you've got to look at are words words Words. See, words well, I'm a must woman matter. of words, and I absolutely I know, agree I know. With you. <laughs> when they told me you were going to anchor the program, I was asking, can I speak the same oh, English that she speaks all the time? <laughs> you know, it's for relationships to be the kind that are meaningful, words matter. So you should be around people who take their words seriously. Not those who say things and tell you, oh, I didn't mean it. Or they say any and everything that comes in their thoughts. They don't even know how to filter. filter. They don't what filter. Be said and they what don't filter. Be said. Yeah. They are not able to distinguish between when to say what and how to say what they are going to say. They just say it and they say, well, I say it and let the chips fall where they may. Mm. They don't care a thing. Is the word going to break you? Is it going to build you? So words of affirmation, for instance, very crucial. So if a relationship is going to be meaningful, the parties in the relationship must remember that words matter. Definitely. The currency of words. The currency of it's words. It's a premium. Okay. 
That's the, that's the trade exchange we have. The second one is open book policy. Open book policy. Look, you cannot have any meaningful relationship where there's no open book. When the persons are shut, closed doors, and you can't see through them. They're not my transparent. Secrets my secrets. Very my secrets secret. Are yours. They, my life is my oh life. Boy. Your life is your life. Yeah. yeah. You know, uh, it, it doesn't work that way. Because anybody who is in a relationship where the other party is overly secretive, there are things that are confidential. Yes, we grant all that. Right. But being secretive is a different matter altogether. Yeah. You know, am I able to give you the space to be able to live your life? Or I'm scared giving you that leverage yeah. of an open space. If you're scared, you've got to check it again. Yeah. The third one I will propose is responsible conduct. Responsible conduct. You see, you've got to carry yourself as one who has made a commitment to another. That's where they have meaning in what they do. If your conduct is irresponsible, for instance, anything that comes into your mind, you just splash it on social media. Oh. And then the person you love or trust or are in this warm relationship with raises, with raises an issue of a query about it. Are you willing to say to them that I want to take responsibility for my action? Or you would always blame another. You never take responsibility for anything. Somebody else did what you did yeah. and made you do what you did. It's everyone's fault but yours. Yeah, except yeah. yours. The other one is thoughtful gestures. You know, relationships are meaningful when you know that the other party has you in their thoughts. Little, little gestures. Because see, when it comes to relational health, it's not a huge leapfrogs, not the leaps that you make. It is actually the little drops. Because when it comes to the health of it, the small things are actually the big things. The big things. So there's a need for you to ask yourself, are you one who has these helpful thoughts, thoughtful gestures that you exchange from time to time? Or you are just being there and expecting everything to just fall on your lap? It doesn't work that way. There's a need for people to be thoughtful. That it's very interesting sometimes the person calls you, oh, I was just thinking about you and you called. The sweetest thing. You know how it makes you feel. Yeah, eh? Of course. <laughs> the sweetest thing to hear. The now, thing the other hear. one is harmony of hearts. Harmony of hearts. Our hearts need to connect. There ought to be harmony. And you know, for harmony to work is the keyboards of the yeah. organ. The, black the white and, and the black keys. keys need to be able to harmoniously work together to give you a beautiful sound. And ivory. You know, one of my professors, he says, harmony is synchrony. So to be able to synchronize, there's the need for your heart to be at peace. Mm -hmm. There ought to be that connection. It's the connection that creates the chemistry. Right. You can't artificially fabricate it. Mm -hmm. It's got to be natural. And the last one is yearning to grow together. Yearning to grow together. No, meaningful relationships, you don't want to let go. Yearning. You yearn. You yearn to be together. You yearn to grow together. You yearn to go together. Because you have to surmount certain obstacle causes in this life. There are hurdles you've got to, you know, scale over. There are walls you've got to jump over. All these things can come as roadblocks. So you don't just want to be together. No, you yearn. You yearn. There's, that, there's that longing in you. The person's company is something you look forward to. Their telephone call, you look forward to it.
a note, you look forward to it. It's not one that you wipe out of your memory and you run on the theory out of sight, out of mind. <laughs> you know that people, they have lovers. Once they get to the office, they are forgotten That's about it. them. True. Why should it be so? It's because there's no yearning to be together. There's no yearning to go together. And there's no yearning to grow together. So it's not just yearning. Can I go extra mile mm. for this fellow? I'm willing to take, you know, the sacrifice for them. I want to be in their company. I have missed them. Mm -hmm. I haven't seen them in a while. And thoughts of them run through you and you want to call to check on them. Yeah. But what about the situation where when you leave, out of sight, out, out of, of mind. mind. Is that relationship meaningful? It's not. It's it doesn't not. sound like it. No. <laughs> and some will only remember you when they need something from you. That is not yearning to be together. So the value proposition they bring to you must be one that when you look at it, words that they speak, you take it serious. You don't take it with a pinch of salt. They have an open book policy. Mm. The policy is that I'm open. I'm willing to be held accountable. I show that I'm responsible. I have a responsibility to make this work. I have a duty. I'm duty bound. Once I say I love you, once I say I care for you, once I say I've married you, they also must show that in thoughtful gestures. A little brooch they bring to you, cookies that they buy, they travel to Takaradi on their way, they Fancy bought you Fanti Kinki. You know, those are thoughtful gestures. It's not a huge gangantuan project that he's going to pursue. But the little things, because those then build, then is your heart at rest? Mm. Is your heart at peace? Are you connected at heart level? Mm. Because that's where it's deepest. That's where our vulnerability shows. Very I true. know people who are in so-called relationships that cannot be vulnerable towards one another because everybody is in some kind of a panic mode. Mm. That doesn't help. And lastly, yearn to be together, yearn to go together, and yearn to grow together. Ha, huh, beautiful acronym. So we had, when it comes to building the healthier, fostering the healthier relationship, trust. trust, and then building or fashioning out the meaningful relationships, worthy. Worthy, so it's actually trustworthy. Trustworthy, <laughs> I, I, I mean it's beautiful, beautiful. It has to be trustworthy. It has to be trustworthy. Whether the person or the project you're pursuing, there ought to be trustworthiness. Beautiful. The absence of it, Beautiful. no health, no meaningfulness. Well, I'm sure you're wondering at this point why we haven't touched on one of the crucial elements of family life. Make a wild guess and I'm sure you're going to get it right. Our final topic this week, family planning, evolving sexual trends and reproductive health. Yes, and Dr. Promise Sefoga consultant, obstetrician, gynecologist, and fertility specialist at the SHIP Healthcare Medical Center was our resource person for this one. It's important that couples have open discussion. Yes. I mean, right from the time you are even courting or you just gotten married. So let's have a plan. It helps. So yeah, I want to have two children. Now the economy is really hard, so yeah. there's really no point to have plenty more. <laughs> You know, this is you, not a 10 children era. No, no, absolutely <laughs> not. You know, so that with that established, of course, there could be a room for an extra plus one. Then you can talk about planning and that can lead you to seek help. How to plan it? Because we have a whole host of methods to 
plan the family. Right. We have a natural ways of family planning. For instance, where uh, during intimacy, the man would withdraw. Mm. It's not the most reliable of methods because by the time the man feels the edge that he's about to ejaculate, some of the seminal fluid would have escaped already. Right. So that is not the most reliable. Others is about avoiding unprotected sex during certain times when the woman is suspected to be ovulating. Mm. And for a woman who has a regular 28-day cycle, that's usually around day 14. Okay. So avoid about three days before and three days after. Or other times when a woman has given birth and she's breastfeeding, provided she's breastfeeding exclusively, okay. then she's not ovulating. Then naturally she's also protected against pregnancy. Okay. Then we have the, the modern ones where we use various methods. You know, we have the short-term ones, for instance, where the use of the condoms or the pills or the foaming tablets or the emergency pills, which I'm told has become extremely popular now. Yes. And the young yes. men have it in their pocket and dishing it out to the young girls. Uh, we wish you rather be on something more regular okay. rather than the emergency it's supposed to be an emergency, but don't become, it should not become the routine thing, you know. Because, I mean, it causes issues of uh, what we call some unscheduled bleeding, mm. disrupt your hormones, which are not the best. It could be avoided. Is, is it very potent in the hormones or the chemicals that are it, in well, it? Yes, to yes. the extent that it works in preventing unwanted pregnancy, right. but... It is not the best to use on, say, on a daily basis, right. for instance, uh -huh, you know. And then we have the, the, the long-term method, for instance, the implant. Okay. So the implant is just as tiny as a matchstick, which we put under the skin here. Oh. And for long as it's there, it can be there. Some can work for up to three years. Okay. And the others, you have two of the matchstick uh, gadgets or device that can be there and take care of the woman for up to five years. Mm. Then we also have the IUD, IUD, which is a tiny device that we insert inside the uterus. Okay, so when it comes to preconception care, what can one expect when they walk into a health facility, go and look for their healthcare provider? what kinds of conversations happen, what kinds of assessment happens, and then what are you put on a particular routine leading to the conception? Yeah. How does it work? Yeah, I mean, so basically the whole idea of preconception care is just to optimize your health and well-being okay. so that a pregnancy is a lot healthier, devoid of all of, or as much of the avoidable complications as possible. So somebody wants to get pregnant, but we realize the weight is on the high side. It will be advisable to shed this percentage of your weight just so that the risk of high blood pressure, preeclampsia mm. or eclampsia, which are the leading causes of pregnancy-related death, are minimized, okay. right? You are diabetic, you're on medication. Some of the medications are not friendly to pregnancy or your blood control, blood sugar controls are not good. So we need to adjust the doses of the medications so that you are in a better state before you embark on the, uh, the journey of pregnancy. Or you've had a previous miscarriage, or you've had previous surgeries of one type or the other. And so we need to look at those and see what support you're going to need in order to get pregnant and have a healthy pregnancy journey. 
So those are the main things. So we look at your blood pressure, your weight, do some basic labs. Of course, being guided by your peculiar history. Somebody has very high cholesterol for which she's on medication. And so she'll need to be taken off that medication because most okay. of those are not safe for early pregnancy. Okay. Uh -huh. And when somebody's diabetic and their blood sugars are high around the time of conception, it easily leads to abnormal formation of the baby. Okay. You can have a baby formed with no head or major heart problems, huh. okay? And so it is, there's every good reason, especially if you have any of these medical problems. And the other thing is most of these conditions are silent. You may have them without knowing. So it's when you come forth that we can screen you and get checked okay. if we detect. Okay. We've spoken a lot about women. What about men? When it comes to preconception, you know a lot of the time we think of conception, we just think of the women because there's Immaculate Conception and there was Mary. Yeah, but we don't yeah, think yeah. about the men the and men. how we also prep on that side of yeah. things to make sure that the pregnancy is a healthy one. Yeah. yeah, you're right. You're right. So whatever we are saying is for both. It's for both. Because in the case of men, for instance, we need healthy sperms to make healthy pregnancies. Mm. And there are thousand and one things that can affect the sperm quality. Uh, the work profile of the man hmm. and then social related behavioral lifestyle things and of course also medications he right. may be on and so when the couple comes based on how we profile your risk then that informs what interventions are good for you but as a rule of thumb excess alcohol tobacco or any other substance of abuse are not healthy for any man trying to conceive mm. because they have deleterious effects on the quality of the sperm. Okay. Yeah. Now let's, I mean, brilliant. And let's just talk a little bit about, um, particularly, we, we've gone past the preconception stage, right? Now we're seeing so many miscarriages, um, as you would say, pregnancies mm. that are not viable. Yeah. You know, there are situations where couple goes in there's a pregnancy, it's identified, and then you're told it's not a viable pregnancy. Mm -hmm. We have to, you know, terminate it, you know. What's causing that? Well, so a lot of pregnancies get not viable if the formation goes bad. Okay. Okay. You know, it takes the sperm, it takes the egg to make what we call the embryo, which develops into a fetus. And so Back some to biology class. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> biology 101. <laughs> so then, if there's something genetically wrong with the sperm, which you may not be able to see, or the sperm is perfect, or there's something with the egg, or both the sperm and the eggs have some minor issues when they come together, it gets amplified. Okay. Then that pregnancy is not likely to stay. And so majority of these pregnancies do not make it past the first three months, what we call the first trimester. Oh. So first trimester miscarriages are a lot common and majority would have to do with problems with the formation. Mm. Okay. A good chunk of it also has to do with some problems we discover inside the uterus okay. where there are some abnormal growths inside the uterus. The inside of the uterus is where the pregnancy implants. So it's supposed to be all smooth. So sometimes you have fibroids that are distorting the inside. At that time, you have a lot tinier growths we call endometrial polyps. Okay. So when they are also there, that tiny embryo goes to implant on it. It just cannot stay. Because it's supposed to be implanting on the wall of the uterus. Right. And, and those not growths any are intrusion there. Uh -huh. or growth in there. Yeah. Okay. Apology. Every so often, you come across a couple who would have reached the courtship stage 
in a couple of months they're set to get married they go for their medicals as we call yeah, them and then they come back and they're told you're as you're as don't get married because guess what you could have a baby who has sickle cell and we don't want that yeah. and so so many couples are splitting up because of that um, but I'm told, and I may be wrong, you can correct me if yeah, I'm wrong, that yeah. there's science now that doesn't have to let people go through that kind of emotional trauma. Yeah. Is that the case? Yeah. It is. It is. I mean, on one hand, it is very stressful to have a baby who is sickle cell SS. These kids go through a lot, you know, very painful crisis. The bones are hurting, their blood cells are breaking down, their eyes are yellow. The, the, the family, parents are missing work days, rushing the kids to the emergency room on and off. The kids are missing school. It's a very stressful thing, which you, you wouldn't wish to happen, all right? But thankfully now, the technology enables us to take the eggs from the woman who is AS, the sperm from the man who is AS, form the embryos, okay, through a process of IVF again. Okay. And then we're able to examine the embryos to tell that, okay, these embryos are AA, these are AS, these are SS. So then we put the SS ones away. Then we're able to go ahead and use either the AA or the AS ones. And the couple happily would have their non-sickle cell disease uh, SS babies. Beautiful. So it's possible. It's possible. It's possible. And it's right here. All right. So, Doc, we need to wrap up this conversation shortly. But, I mean, your final words, looking at... Um, family planning, and then emerging sexual trends, uh, reproductive health. What are some of the things that we need to pay attention to as families, as society, and make sure that we are either doing or not doing them? Great. So in terms of the sexual disorders, the, the, the issues are either a low drive or lack of interest in sex. Okay. And that's a common problem we are seeing, but a lot of people and are not opening up for both men and women. Okay. okay. And others having issues with orgasm. They either don't attain orgasm at all, others have problems. The men are having issues with erection. Mm. And then pain during sex, especially for women, commonly maybe due to some pelvic infection or this big monster we call endometriosis, which is plaguing families. Mm. But people are not coming forward to seek help, but there is help. So if you have any of these problems, you need to seek help. And menstrual pain, menstrual and abnormal menstrual bleeding could be due to so many things that somehow society thinks that as a woman you need to go through pain. Mm. But no. You have to be a Hebrew woman, no. either in menstruation uh -huh. or in giving birth. Be giving birth, you see. So <laughs> a lot of them are having issues that are underlying causes. So at least if you're having menstrual pain that is making you having to take medications every cycle, you need to get checked. Let's check to make sure it is not due to endometriosis, a pelvic infection, or adenomyosis, all of which are manageable, so you can have a better quality okay. life as a woman. So Wonderful. there is help. Let's talk openly and let's seek help so we can have healthier pregnancy, pre-pregnancy, menstrual life, and families. And that's how we wrap up, uh, but I must tell you that you can find all of the Effective Living series uh, videos on all our social media platforms, be it City 97.3 FM or City TV. Just log on and be informed. But this has been the City Business Edition on 97.3 City FM. I am grateful that you tuned in. Catch you same time next week. I am Neil Ati Lati. The City Breakfast Show continues.